Good evening, Patriots. And it's the end of Thursday, March 16th in the year 2023. It's been a great day, actually. Busy day. Thursdays are always busy. And the show on Brighteon, Bended Knee, Bards FM, and now this, which is awesome. And we had a great interview last hour, if you didn't hear it, with Chris Ann Hall. By the way, Patriots, if you're wondering the link to her program, her constitutional program, it's under that show. I put it right on underneath the, the podcast. You can click on it, and it'll take you right over to Liberty First Society, which is just an outstanding constitutional education platform. I'd really encourage you to share it with homeschoolers, share it with your county commission, share it with your sheriff. Get them on board. She has a complete sheriff training module. She has an activist module. She has homeschoolers module. It's really good. It's just great stuff. Chris Ann Hall is, she walks with Christ and she just zeroes in on the truth of where we are with our constitution and why we are what we are today. And it doesn't take all sorts of special filings and so forth. It just takes activism at the bottom level to reset our constitution as it was intended. So it's great. Before we begin, the one thing that always to be aware of at this point in time is the situation with this insanity that's running our world. These psychopaths are doing everything they can to crush the economy. And as they're going, when you start getting Dan Bongino, like he talked about today, he actually brought up the fact, finally, I'm happy he's doing it, encouraging his followers to prep and be prepared for a coming collapse. And all signs are on the wall that they're going to try to do that, rupture the economy, pull the bottom end out of it, and then make people grovel to them to receive some compensation, whether it's a bank payout, which will be delayed by 60 days or something, and it'll be your money will be further devalued, or whether they're going to actually rupture even some of the market. This is a time to take to be cautious with your money. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Remember this. I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on TV and I don't wear a white coat. But do your research. And by the research I'm doing, in my opinion, it is a bad time to be in the market. It is a good time to put your money in solid assets like gold. Patriots, you know the state of the world. So let's cut to the chase. Buy gold. And when you do, get a free safe to store it in. That's right, I'm not kidding. On qualifying purchases from Birch Gold Group, now through March 31st, they'll ship a free safe directly to your door. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free safe. Here's the deal. The Fed keeps raising rates because it's the only tool they have to keep inflation under control. And it's not working. You can't spend your way out of inflation. You've seen the impact on the stock market. You've seen the impact on your savings. Hedge inflation by owning gold. Whether physical gold or silver in your safe or through an IRA in precious metals, where you can hold real gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit on gold and to claim eligibility for your free home safe by March 31st on qualifying purchases. Again, text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 
This is one decision you will not regret. Do it today. Yep. 989898 text bards. It's a good thing to do and a good time to take those actions. If you haven't already, talk to those folks and see where they guide you because this is very real about the potential loss of wealth and income. If you haven't heard uh, 200 monks, which are their Orthodox Christians, were uh, kicked out of Ukraine. That's, yeah, that's that regime we've been paying billions to. That one with Zelensky, who was a nude, well, he was actually a gay dancer that decided to at one point play the piano with his with his weenie. <laughs> I don't even know how to, I can't say that with a straight face, but that's who we've been supporting worth billions of dollars. Just so we're all clear and put it in proper perspective. But I just want you to hear, this is a, this is a little bit broken English, but this is the statement made today of the 200 monks that have been kicked out of Ukraine. Today we are in front of uh, the whole world. We show ourselves to communicate to communicate to everyone in the whole world that we are Christians, we are Orthodox, and we aren't afraid of anybody and anything. We already be here to the end. If someone wants to come here and beat us and draw us uh, through our legs and our hands, we are ready. We aren't afraid. Everything that uh, people con- condemned us, uh, we did nothing against our, our church. We, got, we did nothing against uh, our country, our Ukraine. We pray to God about our country about our nation. They're good people, but like everything else, tyranny, and this tyranny in this day and age hates Christians. This war is against Christians. Let's be clear. You don't see Muslims being persecuted. You don't see Buddhists being persecuted, Hindus. Not that they aren't persecuted by China. China just persecutes everybody, you know, including Falun Gong. So whatever. If you're If you're anything other than a communist hand puppet, China's going to take your organs and sell them to, oh, wait, who do they sell them to? The Western elite. Can you imagine that you actually have hospitals set up that as a Western elite, you fly into China, they take your blood type, they send it out to the prison network, they match it with a, with a donor, they grab that prisoner, drag them in with minimal to no anesthetic, they just cut the organ out, Throw the prisoner back in their cell, slop that fresh piece of meat in a cold bucket and fly it out to the hospital and slap it into the Western elite. Yep, that's our world. And I'm saying these things rather poignantly because we're standing for it. What we're doing is as we're telling ourselves, oh, these governments are so powerful. What happened to our spine? I mean, I can do the numbers. I don't care if there's a billion of them. There isn't. There's like 100 million of them at most. And there's about 7 billion people on the face of this earth. And how is it that we've gotten to a place where 7 billion people are being run by such a minority? And it's, 
it's this discipline that we've put in ourselves, which unfortunately, and I've talked about this so much, and I'm going to hit it again, it's the weakness of the pulpit in this country that is not teaching people to stand up and defy and be bold. I'm, I'm Whether people like it or not, I'm going to call it the skinny jean pulpit because that's what it's become, literally. Here's a great piece here. I, I like this here because this is a man that, a young man. In fact, if you saw him, I'm going to describe him to you. Well, there we go. I just blew my narrative right out of the water. He's wearing skinny jeans. I just realized that. Wait till you hear him. And he's got dreadlocks down to his waist. And he's got a baseball cap on backwards. And he's bringing the fire at a school board meeting as we all should be. And he's also, he's he took it right to the line the way it should be said. Take a listen. And I just want to clarify, I don't want to be here tonight. I have better things that I could be doing, like hanging out with my family. You obviously don't, you're not paying attention. I would love to be with my kids, my wife. It is 930. Yeah. And here I am talking to a, a row of despots. You don't care about what we have to say. You only care what they have to say, because what they're saying is what you have been paid to say as well. It's getting beyond the point of comprehension of what parents can do. We scream, we shout, we yell. You call us bigots. We show up, we send emails. You call us racist. What we're recognizing is this is a game to divide the parents from the unions. The unions have the best interest of the teachers, and obviously the activists like these individuals here. We saw the teachers bringing in students from the high school. It's incredible to see 20 students show up here, and two of them spoke conservative ideas. 18 of those students parroted what the teacher said. Why do you think that is? Because all of you, three are conservative, have the same ideology. It's pathetic. We realize how terrible it must be for you to sleep. We mock you and berate you. We, we detest your $350,000 salary. We see how fraudulent you are. We call you out as often as we can, and you sit there and vote unanimously because you have no spine. You're all cowards, every one of you, because you take the paycheck Listen just up. like Judas. Yeah. Oof. What yeah. was it like for Judas to hang from the tree? Come on. That destiny's not gonna feel so great for you. I know what it's like to be a coward. I've done it before. We all have been cowards, but I changed my ways, will you? There it is. I love when people do this. I love when they bring it right to the line. Use a little scripture. You know, the thing is, and I don't think we do this enough, we don't quote scripture or reference scripture enough in these arguments because what are they going to say? Like, you are threatening me. It's like, no, I didn't. I just told you a story. And it's there. It's true. We need to be using scripture a lot in these public spaces. We need to be praying in these public spaces. We need to be singing him and praising the Lord in these public spaces. You're dealing with some demons up here. They're sitting on these boards. We have one just down the way. It's amazing. It's a, a small town just on the edge of my small town. I, our town is 22,000. There's a town just east by 20 minutes most, and it's Glide. And this town is, I don't know, it, I'm going to say 1,200 people. They have a school board 
they have a, a very active community, a good active patriot Christian leader in that community. And the community just agreed with them on a new principal for the school. But because he wasn't woke, the school board then overrode and fired him. Didn't Well, didn't continue his contract because he was on a temporary contract. So in their follow-on meeting, they closed it to the public and went to Zoom. This stuff has to stop. And they had a really good, though. They did have a rally, and they brought in people from my town and other towns to go there and be present in that small town. But this stuff has to stop. And it's going to stop, truly, when we start getting the message at the pulpit. It's, a, it's one thing to organize people, but the congregations need to wake up. And we have a responsibility. If you're going to church, we have a responsibility to speak into those pulpits and talk to the pastors, guide them, encourage them, and, and educate them. And I can't fault all the pastors. I get very frustrated on the, on the general principle of the weakness of the church in the pulpit. But there's just a lot of pastors that are just trying to survive. And I don't mean that. I mean that on many levels. And they have given themselves to trying to herd, to shepherd the flock. They need to hear strong voices from the congregation. So when we point the finger at the pulpit, we're also pointing the finger at the elders. We're pointing the finger at the congregation. It's been silent. And we need to see more of that stand up and guide the church. You know, it's the same principle of what Chris Ann Hall talked about in the last hour. Is that while we're sitting here saying, well, the Constitution's dead, the Constitution's not dead. Her comment was perfect. It's an inanimate object. It can't be dead. It is there forever. What has happened is we, the people, have failed to enforce it because we checked the box and we were observers or, you know, whatever you want to say, non, we weren't participants, but we were observers or enjoyers of the occasional interaction with the system, which is like every two years to vote. Ben Franklin, you now have a republic, I hope you, good luck keeping it, is the reflection of knowing that people would step back and not do their job. And we have to do our job. And that includes, and I would say probably more than includes, it's where it begins truly is within the church. We've got to become participant and active Hear our voice. Be participant in those operations if you're in a church. And if we're not, and we can have the opportunity to engage with pastors, support, add to, however you want to do that, that's also an important piece. But if we could activate, what is there, something like 330,000 churches in this nation? Could you imagine even getting half of those on board with standing up and being vocal. We're not talking about having to wield a sword of steel. We're just talking about speaking Christian values and speaking them openly in the public, especially to these people. And as Chris, Chris Ann Hall stated, our objective is to make the non-compliant life miserable in public office. If they are going to try to steer this country away from the Constitution, which is by principle, nothing that they do, or I should say it this way, anything that they do that is in violation of the Constitution has no weight or standing. The problem is, as always, people comply. And once they comply, these leaders take another mile. 
They don't take an inch. They take a mile every time. COVID should never have happened. Should never have happened. Like, there's a pandemic. Put on a mask. You're like, no. That's what should have happened universally. Like, no. We're walking with God. Sorry, forget it. Take your rules and shove it. What would they have done? They, their whole system would have broken down. People would have said, ah, screw it. You, don't, you want to put up barriers at a, make us wear a mask at a store? We're not going to show up. Watch how quickly, and I will guarantee you, you watch how quickly that would have changed the minute that the stores had no bottom line. I mean, like, oops, our accounting just came to zero. Right, because you violated the Constitution and we're out of here. And that's the way that we need to be operating. It's the only way to operate. And we will change this world and change this country, the whole thing, without ever having to fire a shot. Even though I know some people would like to do some target practice, that's, you know, if there's lizard heads, like I said, don't worry, that's open season, man. There's no, there's no license you have to buy. So this is a, this is a really important juncture here for us all to reflect on, because truly within the values of being Christian and walking as Jesus, Jesus was vocal. He knew when to flip tables. He was bold to walk into the temple and speak truth. And he understood it was going to be painful. But he did it. And that's really where our strength is. Because when we take those strength in numbers, we don't want to be those that deny him. I mean, that's that we've had too much of that going on. I've said this so many times, and I, 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 I need to say it again tonight. Thank God for the strong women. I mean this exactly as I say it. Thank God for the strong women the last three years. I mean, I truly, I pray for it and am thankful because had it not been for their strong voices, much, much of where we are today would not have even happened. And that's not to denounce any man that's been out there fighting. I'm not taking that away from you, but the boldness was coming from the women. Too many men step, stepped aside. What's great about this piece I just played is this is a young man who's standing up for his family and for his community. He's being a man as it should have been from the beginning. So we need, and women, I've said this before, and I mean this, you need to encourage your men, or if you want to take it in the personal, your man, to be strong. And that's the roles we have here that have been so inverted. And it's necessary because if we don't start seeing strong men, it, it's going to be an ugly fight. It really is. We need that strength. That's, that's truly biblical. Let me play another piece here. This is a really good perspective on loyalty. Take a listen. Many leaders demand loyalty, not understanding, not realizing that loyalty is earned. Joshua is taking over the nation of Israel. Moses has just died and God is commanding Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised land. And as he's preparing the men for war, they speak to Joshua and they say this, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord commanded you saying, the Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all the mighty men of valor, and help them. 
So what are they reminding him? They're reminding him what the Lord had said to Joshua ahead of time. You're going to lead the army and you're going to go out before these men of war leading the charge. You're going to lead by example. And then it says this later on. They tell him this. They say, they answer Joshua, all that thou commandest us, we will do. And whatsoever thou sendest, we will go. And later they say, whosoever does rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words and all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. You see, these men were going to be loyal to Joshua because he was going to lead by example. He was going to lead these men into war. He was not going to be uh, saying one thing and doing another. He was going to lead with power and authority. And because of that, they were letting him know, we will be loyal to you to the point of death. That loyalty is where we all need to be walking. And that loyalty is to Christ and our loyalty is to Father. Because this is, we're not of this world. And we've been told, if you, Christ said, you follow me, you'll be persecuted. All right, good, whatever, sounds good. I'm going. Because what awaits is, makes this look like little piddly play. Because the greatness that awaits us depends, is defined a great deal by how we perform here. Not a great deal, it is defined by how we operate here in this world. And our loyalty should never be to this system. This is why they hate Christians. This is why they hate all of us, because we won't put our loyalty to these institutions and bow down before these two-bit leaders. You know, because they have money, because they have supposed power, they fly a helicopter and they have a couple buildings, we're supposed to bow down to them and say, oh, great one, thank you. I don't, I won't, never have, in fact. And I've been around some great leaders. By definition, great meaning effective in leading people. But my only respect goes to those leaders that never forgot their origins. I've told this example many times, but there's one that always stands out. And it's unfortunate that more people don't know him and haven't had the opportunity to meet him. This is General Scott Miller. And I say this because he is one of those rare leaders that never, ever forgot where he came from, that he was, that he never forgot the roots of the most basic private. Probably the only general, I'd say one of the only generals, but one of the very, very few generals that every private in the army loved him. He'd literally go on the firing range and the privates would be there and they'd be shooting and he'd be like, hey, you want to try my rifle? And you talk, I mean, you have to understand the power of that. I mean, nobody ever shares their weapon and he would share his weapon and say, hey, you want to, you want to try? And they would do it. He's, he, he never forgot the roots of things. And I use him only as an example because unfortunately there shouldn't be that few, but there are. That's the truth. But we have an opportunity to change that. We have an opportunity to define leadership through humility and greatness in our Father and to lead in our communities with humility and greatness in our Father and defining that by a loving and forgiving heart, always putting, leaning into Father for justice, not wasting our time with the rants of anger and hatred towards these people. They're evil. They're despicable. They're demonic. And we can wage war with them, against them, 
through our prayers and through our commitment to heaven because we have authority over them. They know it. And that's why they're so noisy. That's why they try to manipulate and deceive so much because they try to wrap us into a contract of some fashion that opens up the portals of hell. But this is what they can't defeat. When we're holding that moral line, it can't be defeated. Pastor Dave down at Glad Tidings Church shared with me a great story. I'm going to share it here tonight. And that is that he had a, a billionaire come in to his church and offer him a very substantial amount of money monthly. I mean, enough to where your church would never have to worry about things again, that sort of type of money. And this billionaire, which is rare to begin with, offered that on a condition that they hire one person. And Pastor Dave's answer was, no, thank you. And this billionaire literally about lost his mind. He said, what do you mean? And Dave said, you either give from your heart, but you never can give with strings because once you establish strings, it'll be something else you want down the way. And this guy was so mad, he literally got up and just walked out. The point of that is that there was no temptation of money. There, nothing got convoluted there. Pastor Dave held his line at the most intense moment, a place that's very easy to get drawn off because it's like, oh, my goodness, the church's finances would be fixed. He's like, no, because we don't give conditions on giving, and we don't give conditions to God on the gifts received. You see, when we are standing truly firm in the position of kingdom. We never have anything to worry about because we're going to lean on God, but there's going to be temptations thrown at us by the devil. Always there's going to be temptations thrown at us. And we have to have the moral fortitude and the clarity within Scripture, the clarity within the Word, not to step into the pits of traps that they set. These are snares. Sometimes they're bear traps, but they're always intended to just clip you on the edge and draw you off the path. And the effect is devastating. So I have so much respect when people have that sort of moral fortitude to be able to stand there and withstand the temptations of the money with strings because it's, it's there. And too many people are willing to take it because there's a desperation of finances rather than an exaltation would be a great comparative word, an exaltation in the kingdom of knowing that God will provide as we need. Moral character. I want to do a follow-up on the story of the homeless man that I met in Chico. And I want you to hear... First of all, I want to, as you start to get this story, I think you're going to get a different glimpse of moral commitment and the fortitude of walking within heaven and the kingdom. But this story is so humbling. I've told this story a number of times this week, 
how impactive it was on me personally. So bear with me while I repeat for those that may not have heard it. Last Sunday, as I was coming back from Glad Tidings Church, actually I was up at Grass Valley, which is their satellite church from Glad Tidings, which is in Yuba. Grass Valley is about an hour east. And I had posted the show to start at 11 o'clock that night, which, by the way, this Sunday show is going to be the same thing. It's going to be an 11 o'clock show, just so you know, because I'll be down there again. And so I had about 30 minutes. I had some couple things I needed to pick up at the store, and I needed to gas up. So I went and gassed up first. And as I pulled in, there's a homeless camp that's sitting really just like 10 feet away from the gas pumps against the back or side of a building. And as I've told the story, as I started to get the put my card in and do all your normal things you have to do to get the pump to read your card and all that stuff. A guy came up, older gentleman in his 50s, a little taller than me, and I'm 5'10". He's wearing what looked like Crocs and uh, kind of chino pants and a and a down coat. And he's wet because it's drizzling outside. And he walks up and he said, do you have any change for cigarettes? And my first response was no. And I wasn't very kind about it either. I was like, no. And the minute I did that, I got a firm, as I describe it, a firm tap from God. Like, And I understood very clearly that that was the wrong response. So I got the gas going in the Jeep. And I went over to him, and he, another young man stepped up with him, and I said, what do you smoke? He said, "I smoke. we smoke Marlboro shorts. I don't smoke cigarettes. It makes no difference to me. But I wanted to know what they smoked so I could get him something. So I went inside. I knew, the, I knew that tap with God meant listen and do. Don't be, don't be a jerk like I was starting to be. I went inside the little mini mart there, asked for a carton of Marlboro shorts. And as I've also said already in this, I mean, I was shocked at the prices. I don't smoke cigarettes, but I couldn't believe like a carton is now $100. It's insane. And so I got the carton and I walked outside and the two of them came forward and they're just like, you bought us a carton? I said, yeah, here you go. And I said, can I pray for you? So we prayed together. And then the older gentleman who had come up to me initially turned to me and he said, can I pray for you? And I didn't know what to expect. And what came out of this was an amazing prayer of somebody who had been very well schooled in scripture and completely humbling. Because here I'm looking at a man that had nothing and he's thanking the Lord for my gift and asking for more blessings upon me. Just, oh, boy, I tell you, this chokes me up every time. Just that alone left me speechless. And I'm looking at the Lord as I go back, and I'm like, Lord, Father God, I mean, that is a blessing and a gift that I have no words for because I missed it initially, and thank you for pushing me to do the right thing. But the story doesn't end there. 
And this is what I want you to hear tonight. We have a listener who wrote me, and I want you to hear this email. I've taken out names, okay? And I, that's out of respect for this whole thing. But I want you to hear this letter that I received. Hello, brother. And forgive me if I get choked up. This is so incredibly God, the way he works. I'm still just reeling from this. So the email reads, hello, brother. First, firstly, let me say, when we heard you talk about the interaction with the homeless man, my wife, my brother, and I, we all three said it sounded like you just ran into my brother, Kay, because that is just the way he is, a smoking, a smoking homeless prayer warrior with little to nothing but richer in Christ than most. Definitely storing his treasures in heaven. He has always operated better and stayed out of trouble if he doesn't have material wealth with him. Kay is actually 57, six foot three, and always looking for smokes. This is how Kay explains himself to people. First, I was a disaster. Then I met the master. Then he made, <clears throat> then he made me a pastor. Our father passed last July, and we had no way of letting him know. So we hired a man to try and help us locate him, but to no avail. Even if it wasn't the same guy, it sure sounded like he was a spirit-filled brother in Christ anyway. No need to go out of your way looking. Just hearing about your interaction with this man was confirmation from the Holy Spirit that hit us head on that Kay is just fine and kingdom-bound with many crowns. Thanks for being a spiritual conduit. God bless you greatly, your brother in Christ. This person that wrote me for it went on further to explain that that was the exact area that his brother was in. Now, Patriots, I don't, I don't know if that's him. Just like he said, we don't know if that was him. But this is the way God works. When we trust in him, when we rely on him, when we lean into him, when we listen to those nudges to remind us that we're off pace, Father's guiding us. He's pointing us in the right direction. We have to be responsive to that. We are responsible to be responsive to that. We're accountable to that responsiveness. And as he nudges us down that way, it is truly miracles that happen. You can define that any way. I could take the randomness of 330 million people in this nation and to have that connection, that email with one story in a random interaction in Chico, California, that's pretty much a miracle. So I'm blessed to have been the conduit. I pray for this family. And they're apparently, what I can tell, they are wonderful people strong in Christ, and I pray for them, and I hope God blesses me with another interaction. So maybe I can find out if that really is his brother. That is, um, it's moving. 
and it, it really gets to our perspective of looking at ourself and asking and looking at how humble this man is, committed completely to his walk with Father. And from what I can assemble from this, seeing himself as a pastor of those who have been cast out and rejected by society. I will tell you one thing that was surprisingly evident is his demeanor was very calm, and there was interaction as I left with others. He had so much respect for the people around him. That's the Holy Spirit, man. So... Thank you, and I know they know. I know the person that wrote this is listening. Thank you for the note, truly. And blessings to your family and to your brother. And may God guide my path to interact with him once again. Patriots, we are in just such an amazing time. An era that if we're open to what God's providing, doors are being thrown open that only he can open. All this trivial nonsense out here stops the minute we stand with him and we're vocal and we simply stand within the space of the Holy Spirit and don't let them push. They have nothing on us. We have total authority over them. They know it. They shake in their boots because of it. They lie. They deceive. They use every aspect in this world to try to destroy us. They try to eliminate humanity with a shot. It failed. We're still standing. They've tried to intimidate humanity with their agencies and their threats. We're still standing. They're resorting to just ridiculous tactics now kicking out 200 monks out of Ukraine because they hate Christians, using other religions like extreme radical Muslims to persecute Christians. That's ridiculous. We're still standing. And in fact, the body of Christ is growing at a phenomenal rate. What it needs, what the world needs, is for America American Christians to start standing up and being bold. There's something like 30,000 revivals a day going on in China. It's one of the fastest growing Christian bodies in the world. They're facing tyranny every single day. They have assemblies in Africa, literally of hundreds of thousands and even millions at assemblies for revivals, we need to relight the fire here. And as we do, this whole garbage that fills our media every day, these agencies that want to do their own thing and run off the rails and try to tell us how we have to live, they just stop. Not because we're out there having to do violence, but because we're morally standing and ethically standing and spiritually standing on kingdom ground and saying no more and not letting anything they do push us and doing everything we can to protect the innocent and ensure that we will live 
as God wants us to live, not their way. And so when I think on this story of this one individual, this homeless guy I interact with, and I understand more of his story, of how much he's committed his life to just being a pastor in a capacity of those that everyone else has rejected, forsaking everything material in this world. It's humbling and a reminder of how much we have, how much we've been given, and how much we can stand and give. This is, words cannot describe what I feel on this. And hopefully you can feel it just as I describe it because we are blessed and to a certain degree, we've taken a lot for granted. We have to start speaking up. We have to start educating and guiding. We have to start emphasizing what direction this needs to go, influencing the pulpit with our conversations, our counsel, our guidance, re-strengthening the church in the name of God. And as we do, we will see a nation awaken. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, I want to just begin this night just with a personal note of thank you for a story that was shared that I've been able now to share with others and just the glory of how you work in this world. A simple interaction that has literally impacted so deeply in the heart and not just myself, but to realize how as we give grace, how far that ripple can go and farther even than we can measure. Father God, forgive us for the times that we have missed those opportunities. And as we say that, please, Father God, continue to tap and remind us in each opportunity that's before us where we can provide the grace and the love that is so kingdom and so powerful and so transformative. We are truly at a cusp of a greater understanding to be able to stand boldly and understand that the deeper that we go within your love, the mightier we become in this world and the more protected we are from their insanity because we're not staying in their world anymore. We're not of this world. And as we take that position of declaring this place that we stand as neither for or against, but simply in the place of kingdom, we declare this position that we stand with greater strength than we've ever imagined. Guide us, Father, in these times. Empower us with the great wisdom that you can. Let our eyes see truly 
more and more who we are and so that we can understand that deep within our heart to humble us before you. Hear our hearts as we also seek forgiveness for our sins. As we now stand boldly in the face of this enemy, stronger than ever before. Thank you, Father God. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. There's opportunities around us all the time. Once we release our worldly judgments and remember that it is not us to judge, once we open our heart to let God guide us, the range of things which open up are unlimited. We need to continue more than ever to trust in him in all things. All this financial nonsense, this bank stuff going on, the noise, the confusion of crazy Joe and everything else, at the end of the day, it's, it's trite and it's distractive. Our eyes on heaven, our eyes on Father God, our eyes in Christ through the Father, that's the strength and the glory which we walk because nothing else touches us when we do. Let me just remind you of this as we close. We talked of the story of Amos. And Amos is the Amish farmer who was raided. I guess now it was actually like a year ago. He was raided by the U.S. Marshals to shut down his operation to prevent him from, from farming, to prevent him from selling clean meat, to prevent him from selling raw milk. And on December 20th, this last year, 2022, the judge threw it all out throughout his fine, throughout everything, and told him that he could start farming once again. What I know is they never raised a fist in anger. They turned deeply into prayer and the trust in God. And though the timing may not be what you want, it took some time, meaning a year or so. In the end, justice was brought properly. And when you think about what justice looks like there, not only was Amos allowed to go back to his life, the ripple effect of what happened with that decision is it undermines every single thing the FDA does because it basically says at the end, they have no power or authority over us. And that's why they've tried to keep it so quiet, and that's why they are so panicked and trying to cut a deal with Amos. Because the ripple effects are they cannot control how we raise food to feed ourselves as God intended. Stay strong in prayer. Stand boldly in the space of kingdom. Choose the place of the captain of the Lord of Hosts' army. Don't fall trapped to the pendulum of Satan. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Subdue the enemy. 
expand the kingdom, and subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Oh,